Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Nightlight. I'm Barb DeLong, your host, and I welcome you this evening. I have a very special guest who has not quite arrived yet, but he'll be here shortly. There he is. His name is R. Wayne Steiger. And he's an amazing man. Um, I've had the good fortune to do his radio show a few times, and it, I figured it was it was only fair play to invite him to Nightlight to play in my playground for a while. He is an amazing man in that he is so eclectically oriented, he covers just about every base there is. He's been in the corporate world. He's been in the religious world. And he's combined the two now to become what I like to call a philosopher and a spiritual mystic. He has input from all directions. Sometimes it gets confusing, but it's always fascinating. And I always learn a tremendous amount from him. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Well, hello, Barbara. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I I, I titled the show without telling you what I was going to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but I figured you would be okay with it. I, oh, I, absolutely. I, I called it, I, tonight's show is Spirituality, the Bridge to Cosmic Consciousness. And I think it's important for people to realize that becoming a spiritual entity is not the end, but only the beginning and the bridge. I agree with that. Totally. Absolutely. And, and you know, the element of telling people what spirituality actually is, um, because it's so unique to every individual, I thought we might throw out some of the ways people can, can identify whether or not they're on a spiritual pathway, because um, so many people think that, that being spiritual is going to church while that that helps, but, but that's that's more of a religious aspect of life. It's not a spiritual so much. 
And usually, I mean, I know people who just take a good nap when they go to church so that (laughs) while their message may be getting to them subliminally, it's not something that they, it's, they're not sitting there taking notes. No, they're not. (laughs) That's why they made those seats, you know, out of wood, you know, it's like no one could sit in those seats and be comfortable. Well, that's true, but I have been known to put the entire congregation to sleep. So... (laughs) It is possible. I, oh, I love it. The The very first time I was asked to, to stand in the pulpit, I took it so seriously that I, I, I mean, let me tell you, I, I had chapter and verse. I had all sorts of important points I was going to make to people to help them understand how important the spirit was in their life. And, and at some point, I, I felt the energy shift in the church and I looked and, and literally just about everybody's eyes, if not, you know, at half mast were, were shut and even the organist had dozed off and I was really ready for a nap myself. So, um, I, oh, I, I swore that I would never do that again if they ever asked me back and they did. And I served for five years, but, but from that point on, I realized that that standing in the pulpit was was a responsibility to share an experience as opposed to preach down to people. And so from then on, I was sharing how I had make mis- mis- how I had made mistakes, and I basically would say each time, "Now I've made this mistake. Don't make this one. Find find one of your own to make," and explain to them the experience and what I learned from it. And, and, you know, I, my, my, my goal every Sunday that I preached, preached, shared was to get them laughing because I knew if I had them laughing, they would remember the message. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But I was just thinking though, Barb, you know, when you were telling that first time, really maybe what you were practicing was a form of meditation. That's why everyone seemed to be asleep. (laughs) No, <laughs> no, I wanted so badly to be what I thought a minister should be. I know it. <laughs> and, and I realized that, that the stereotype that I had in my head was something I could never become. <laughs> and it's what I always hated about church. But, but you know, I, I kind of think that if a church service is really a good service, people should be taking notes. Well... You know, but then I look back on it and I was thinking to myself, in fact, my wife was saying this. She says, and what were we taking all those notes for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've got it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, as you were saying, I just now realized it. So we didn't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I not only put them to sleep, I forgot to take collection. So. Oh, boy. Now, that, now that's a cardinal sin right there. It was, and but they got used to me. They, they they would eventually just stand by the door as people left in hope. Um, <laughs> oh mercy! But but it's it's one of the cool things that you know. So many people get ordained, and then never serve, and it's it's such. Um, it makes such a difference. I mean, I understand, you know, the ordination you can get from a matchbook cover. And I did go to three different seminaries, but never was actually ordained that way. But I did eventually get ordained in the priesthood of Melchizedek. So, you know, it 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 
it was something that resonated to me and that I felt right about. But even so, when I did, I didn't really think that I would ever be asked to serve. And, and it was amazing because I was asked to serve in the spiritualist church that I got my training in. Mm-hmm. When yep. both when both the ministers had passed away, and you know, I stood up there. I was I was the first minister in there after they had both passed away, and I I, I said, you know, they say you can't come home, and they're lying. I said I'm not in their shoes, but my shoes are next to theirs, which is you know the biggest thrill in the world, and that's when I bored everybody to death. So, but after that, we had fun. And I, I did it for five years, which was really um, an experience. And um, I know that it's not everybody's thing that gets ordained, that they actually want to serve. But but I think that, that once you have stood in front of a whole bunch of people who are looking at you, expecting wisdom of some level, you understand the amazing responsibility that you have on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it amazes me that, how many people, how instinctively we are drawn to find a spiritual leader, you know, that spiritual guidance that will set the guide stones out for us that we can identify with that we then internalize and interpret as a spiritual journey. And, you know, and it's, I mean, after after doing five years, I realized that, that, that while it was magical that 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 there was there was a new phase that I had to get into, and that's when really the radio show started. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is my way of my ministry of sharing my wisdom, and and it it's really been an an adventure for sure with me, and 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 a joy to to be able to have people like you on the show that I can oh. I can you know. Put, put stuff back and forth and, and see if we can get some information out there because so many people are trying to, to identify whether or not they're on a spiritual journey. Yep. And, and it's, it's I, I think that, that the thing that is most important for me to get across to people is that everybody's um, spiritual journey is different and unique to the spirit they carry within. Yeah, I kind of look at it it's like we're all on um, a road, but the road many times is very foggy, which, <laughs> which means you're going to have to depend upon yourself at some point. If you don't get it this go around, you're going to get back cycled back through to figure it out again, um, that that spiritual journey is really defined by the individual. And I think that's what we get lost so much. I mean, you were just talking about uh, as an ordained minister. I, and I was recounting in my, recalling in my mind as you were talking, my experience involved, um, I come from a, uh, I guess you would call it a very fundamental, um, literal translation belief of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it was founded on the foundation that faith was everything. I mean, and so you built your faith up. And that was demonstrated by giving, by serving, um, 
by daily devotion. And that far for me was how I defined my spiritual journey. But here's the problem. I was no more on a spiritual journey, I guess, than, um, than I guess a person that would be on a rock, a rock climbing here in Colorado where you're still at the base camp. <laughs> 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 I mean, you, you go through all this motion and uh, the exercise and everything, but you're really not doing anything. And that's where I finally, uh, in this journey of awakening for myself, uh, that I'm actually documenting on my YouTube channel. That's all my YouTube channel is, is a documentation of, I think, the journey of one's soul becoming aware. Mm -hmm. And what I'm now realizing, Barb, is that I didn't know what spirit was. Yeah. I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I think that that's that's first of all you have to identify what it is you're seeking. And and when you say I'm on a spiritual journey, I you know, for for me, um it's it's diving into one's own consciousness and exploring other aspects of reality. Um it, it and it speaks to our thirst for knowledge, experience and adventure and then learning the mysteries of life and nature, exploring the sacred, and living with a sense of wonder. Yeah, but you know, most people that I have seen, and I'll just speak for my, myself on my experience. My experience with the faith that I came out of was the fact that it was really predicated and um, formed on a fear-based belief system. Mm -hmm. And you know that's that's poison you know because what it does it it handicaps you from ever exploring those minds that those those parts of the inner person you don't want to do that why i i i've got i've got the book right here i've got the salvation and i've got the golden ticket i don't need to do any more thank you very much and that's how they go <laughs> i know i know and and you know, you know what 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 really gets to me is that that they are they are holding their life to black and white because because if if that's all there is then you aren't recognizing that inside of you is a master spirit well here's the dichotomy of that is that you go into these uh edifices seeking the supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're told, well, now you here, this is as far as it goes. This is this is it. And you don't you can't go any further because you're told, well, you if you do that, you're 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 violating yada yada yada. And as a result, you walk out as I, I tell people all the time, it's the greatest mind coitus that's out there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, and and you're using that word well. I, I I like the other word better, but you know. Yeah, well, you know, we we are uh, gentlemen and ladies here, so. <laughs> but but y y you're right, and 
I, you know, I, I would like to say that religion leads you to an understanding of the spirit you carry within, but it doesn't. No, no, I never found it to be. And that's the problem. You know, I, in my latter, um, departure as i as i realized as i was awakening to some really how should we say those moments of epiphany yep. i now know that when i pass over there and i get before the council um i know there's going to be a couple things that we're going to be talking about <laughs> and and specifically i believe it's going to be this this awareness um and you know, and here's here's the mind coitus. You you hear where the master said, "Many are chosen, but uh, few actually. Um, many are called, but few are chosen." Right? Yeah. And the 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 parable to that is is that well, everyone will receive the message, very few of it will actually deliver the message. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but let's turn that around. So by me becoming more aware of the fact that this isn't about a religion, this isn't about the amount of devotion, what this really comes down to is really what is Wayne Steiger's journey? Wayne, what are you here for? And now I've understood something, Barb. The thing I was thinking this afternoon, thinking about your show, the thing is, we are constantly changing. There is an ever-evolving me in present. And mm -hmm. I can look back, I can look back a week ago and realize that I have changed even from a week ago. And I think that that's what the preparation is for here, getting ready to go back through. And I, I just want to share something with you, Bart, just to digress a second. So you turned me on to um, the journey of the soul, right? Right. Got getting the book, but I found another ebook with the destiny of the soul, and I guess it's the follow-on to uh, the first book. Anyway, as I was reading the author's description of what awaits us. You remember you and I talking, I think it was not the last time, but the first time you came on to my channel, and I told you about that vision I had. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what this man was talking about. Oh, uh, that, I, I mean, I'm picking my jaw up as I'm reading this, and I'm going, how? And I, went, and I told my wife, I said, read this. And she looked at this, and she said, that's that's exactly what you described to me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, a connection was made there. And it gets back to this whole point of this spiritual journey. I'm beginning to understand a few things. And, you know, it's the small acts of kindness, Barb, I think, that really begin to add up on the other side. Absolutely. They're, they're, the, they're the kindnesses you do out of compassion and love. That's what counts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not how, how much you have given on your credit card or how big a check you've written to a charity. All that's good, but that's not what really counts. And so often, you know, you come in with a set of things that you, you plan on accomplishing and you don't pass over until you've accomplished them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so many people linger on forever or exist in, in comas or whatever. And you kind of wonder, what is keeping them here? And the reality is they haven't finished their work. Yeah. You know, I was thinking as well, um, we have an aging population. Mm-hmm. And as the baby boomers now begin to get into the later years, I am surprised, Barb, as to how many people I find that are still so bitter. I mean, I'm talking 85-year-olds, 90-year-olds, that instead of having this awareness that, you know, there, there's a celebration coming, folks, man. You know, you, yes. you've made it. <laughs> you know, listen, your, your lottery ticket really paid off. I, if, if you're here for 90 years and you have cognitive of reasoning of mind, you've hit the jackpot because oh yeah, to, I see it now, Barb, as you and I have talked, this is a time, folks, where you can really start checking off the list. <laughs> oh, ab- well, absolutely. It really is. And the, the cool th- the thing is, though, when you see these people who are, who are um, angry and upset, and um, I, I, my best friend Jeannie has a lady that she is caring for who is in an in in assisted living place. This woman is 84 years old and the nastiest, meanest, angriest person you ever met. And Jeannie yeah. keeps saying, well, she's not going to pass until she's kind. And I said, no, no, she asked for this experience. So maybe she had to experience whatever sadness or depression or loss, or maybe she's balancing out a karmic debt of some sort that, that, you know, this is her pathway. This is, this is, you know, you can, um, so many people try to change these people. You're not going to change them. This is what they meant. They were meant to be for whatever reason, their spirit needed the experience, needed the challenge, and they'll pass over with that anger and get to the other side and be able to say, well, thank God that's over. Now I can go on to some better stuff next time. <laughs> but but we've all had those lifetimes. You know, the people seem to think that I'm a good person, so I never did anything wrong in past lives. That's not true. We've yeah. we have we have been priests and prophets we've been whores and and saints you know we've been the whole thing yeah I think, I think a lot of people can't get their head wrapped around that it's so particularly here in the western uh culture um you know the western culture is stripped they try to insert the spiritual but it's so mechanical how mm-hmm. the western culture is is that once it once the spiritual tries to get injected, it becomes regimented, and yeah. that that becomes a problem. Well, and not only that, but but you know, in order to be well rounded, in order to have the experiences and the insight and the perspective, we have to experience everything. Yeah, and 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 so. I mean, just think about it. If somebody once said, "Oh no, I'm only going to have I'm going to have my personality and be be have be always female and and you know every lifetime," and and I wrote back and I said, "That doesn't make sense. How do you get the experience of the male perspective? That just it doesn't make sense to me." And she said, "Nope, my personality comes back every lifetime. No, it doesn't. 
Now, <laughs> you don't argue with somebody like that. You just say, okay, see you next time. Um, because they'll be a completely different personality. I mean, I like the me I have now, but but um, maybe next lifetime will be even better. Who knows? But, you know, I'm not done this lifetime. So, you know, I'm not finished yet. You know, and I guess as I continue to see the population increase, I, I'm wondering what's going on here is are we – so if everyone understands that you know, when you cross over, you're really going to be greeted by, listen, I, I've seen it myself. You're going to be greeted by people who know you. You're going to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you from my person in, in the vision that I had, um, I went into my room. I mean, it, it was my room and there was a presence in there. I mean, it was a tangible presence. And anyway, I won't get into what all that took place, but I I knew when this vision, I was told that I was going to be on an extended rest. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea at the time when I was actually seeing this vision about what that meant. But I don't think people can get their heads wrapped around that it's not what modern religion has taught. That's not what death is, and that's not what awaits on the other side. There is not this, this heaven or this hell that <laughs> people, um, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I know so many people that are, you know, as I, seriously, I actually had a, an, an elderly woman say this. She said, I have got the hell scared out of me of dying. And I said, the, what do you mean the <laughs> hell scared out of you? She said, I have to, and she went on with this story, thinking she has to do this. Uh, if she doesn't, she's going to go to hell. And I, oh yeah, and, you know, and you can't free a mind like that. You, you just can't. Well, you know, it is said that if, if a person's perception of what is going to happen is so strong, that that's what they're given. And then they yeah. go into, into what, what, I, what I call Summerland. Um, and and it's it's you know if you if you are so sure there's a purgatory then that's where you, then the, they'll give it to you and then uh. they'll they'll give you the the tunnel of light and you can get on you can get on with the whole procedure but some people if they don't feel that they're going to the right place they don't go and you know so so the other side knows exactly what is most appropriate and that's what is given to us at that particular point in time. I know a lot of the people of the Jewish Jewish faith um, believe this life is all there is. Yeah. Yep. So absolutely. When yep. when people pass over, they pass into nothingness. So for a while, they have nothingness, and then they have a light, and then they have the next dimension, and they get on with it. But but you know our 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 spirits, the spirit within us. Um, is very aware of this entire thing. And, and what, what always amazes me is people don't understand that that master spirit they have within them can give them access to such amazing wisdom and understanding and magic and talents and gifts. If only we can get across that, that, that bridge between consciousness and higher consciousness. And that's, that's the journey of the of the spirit this lifetime in my opinion it's not so much a material one as it is a um an etheric one 
Well, I think that that's why they hijacked the soul uh, at a very early age. All of us have been exposed uh, to an indoctrination. Now, you know, I was fortunate in my case in those very formative years. I was, uh, my brother and I lived with uh, our grandparents out in California, and they were not religious. Um, so in those formative years with children, I never saw that part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and later in my childhood, um, I saw evidence of it. And the point is, is that when you indoctrinate at a very early age into a particular, a, an ideology or a theology, um, that then, right then, I just think shuts the growth off, Barb, that they maybe later down in the path of life when they become much more aware. And I think that some of us carry it forward. I mean, for me, I've always known that there was something more that we were not being told. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I know that there's a, I found this passage that talked to the, to the aspect of spirit, and it says the spirit is to inspire, encourage, and activate the remembering, to know and understand with clarity that you are a portal, a physical portal. You are the sacred to, uh, you are the sacred space that invites divine consciousness, energy, and vibration into each moment. You are the agent of change that anchors more love, forgiveness, compassion, joy, and gratitude into the collective field of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were reading that, that's beautiful. I was thinking that, you know, I don't think a lot of people really understand what consciousness means. To them, consciousness means to be awake. Yeah, I'm, I was awake. You know, I was conscious of the fact. And you say, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you're consciousness. And mm-hmm. I, I've really had some, some friends that just look at me and just go, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're going, well, okay, can we uh, start over on this conversation? Describe to me your mind. <laughs> and, okay, I had, yeah. and that's when they say, well, you've lost yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, that, it's true because it's, it's awareness and not, not just awareness of the here, but it's awareness of the journey. Yes, yes. And that's what I see happening now. I, there, there is a, an awakening taking place, Barb, that I see more and more every day. It's like people, there's, I don't know if it's an internal alarm clock or maybe the light switch got turned on collectively i don't know but uh we know statistically i've read uh from the pew research i've read through the barner group that there is an exodus taking place in particularly the christian faith um there is a large exodus taking place because i think people i've always contended this barb that the reason people initially go to church is that they're seeking the supernatural, the spectacular. They're, they're trying to see what is not available to them when they go in. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to see the supernatural. And what happens is that so often you get in there and you have this anticipated expectation. And then somehow or another, we, and I call it the God spell, we, once you get under it, 
then that, that we, we start replacing that wonderment with, I guess, regiment. And I and, think that, go ahead. And structure. Yes. And, and I, I know this. I know for myself, I come out of the charismatic movement, uh, speaking in tongues, laying hands on people, casting out demons. Um, and it's an interesting uh, mind place when you're in that thought. Uh, because the mind creates that which it sees. And if you're one looking for demons all around, well, you're going to be finding demons all around. Sure. Uh, if you believe in the name of whatever God it is that you believe in, well, your faith is going to manifest in that which you focus in on. So for me, it was always miraculous because when you'd go into these meetings, uh, particularly the camp meetings that you know typically happen in the summertime in the South, mm-hmm. uh, you go in with this expectation. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to be moving tonight. We're going to expect miracles. And, you know, sure enough, miracles do, you know, they do happen. Healings do take place. Well, yeah, but, you know, you've got group energy. Exactly. That is what we missed. We, we didn't realize is the fact that when you pull in two, three hundred people, and now I've seen it in some cases when you're dealing with 10, 12,000. Mm-hmm. That is a massive energy force, massive. And, and, and as a ahead. practitioner, you could take that energy and focus it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people go down. It's, it's just amazing. Um, well, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I, I've been in my own since I was 15. And one of the first jobs I got was working for Concerts West. Uh, actually unloading the speakers from the tractor trailers for the rock concerts. And what I learned very early was this. There was a tangible uh, energy that all these magicians knew about. Now today, if you take that same point, and if you had access to that energy as, let's say, an alchemist, a magician, Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I a long time ago, um, there was a, a a woman. I I don't know if she's if she's still doing it. <clears throat> Her name was um, Grace and Vessels, and she had a voice like Dolly Parton. Wow! And she was charismatic, and she would get us going with the singing and the clapping and the stomping and everything. And I looked around. I said to somebody around us. She's she's just she's generating energy that she's going to draw on. Yeah. It's it's energy, and it, not that it's bad, but but that's what's happening. And you know, suddenly somebody, you know, next to me went down and was you know talking in tongues, and everybody said, "Don't touch him! Don't touch him! The spirits with him." And I looked, and um, because I see auras, because I see energy fields, and I said, "No, that's all her." And <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, you heresy thing. <laughs> and, and, and they just looked at me like, no, you're new to all this. And I said, you're right. And I kept clapping and singing. And I kept thinking, she just had gone into ecstasy. That's all. Well, and, and that's what it is. I mean, listen, I, I remember a few camp meetings with um, uh, uh, man, dear man, Kenneth Hagan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when you went into those camp meetings, you know, this is, this is where miracles happened. And, and it was by faith. And as I'm sitting here today, I never realized, Barb, how much of alchemy and magic is actually when you're reading in those sacred scriptures. The one that it particularly was said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Hello? Folks, yeah. that, that's dealing in the ether. Absolutely. It, we, I never knew what substance was meaning. Ah. <laughs> That was the problem. I never knew what that meant. I think, though, what people don't understand in those kinds of meetings and things like that is that is that while their faith in the person and the energy in the room can actually manifest physical changes and shifts, oh. if, if they don't change their life, they don't hold the change within their energetic field. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, as I look back on this thing now, I, I see it from different eyes. Now, I worked in some of these large conventions, particularly with a, a, a gentleman, uh, Kenneth Copeland. Mm-hmm. And um, say what you want about Kenneth Copeland. Listen, the man believes in what he believes in. Uh-huh. And he passes that on. And, and let me tell you, he's, he, it has manifested exactly as he called it. And as I see it now, this is nothing more than using the creative force that each individual has. And if you can actually figure a way out to where you can begin to have others focus in on you and on your particular thoughts, and you frame your thoughts by your words, by your mission statement, mm-hmm. things, things begin to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And no, yeah, it is. And, and, you, but, and the thing that I think is so important, anybody can do this. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. It, well, it's, not, it's not just a select few. It's given the right training Everybody can do this, and you don't have to have a tent and a lot of people singing. You can you can work with the energy around you. Yes. Well, I mean, I remember Zig Ziglar went to a lot of his meetings, um, and Brian Tracy. When you have these people, and their approach was using the same foundation, the individual energy, but focusing the mind to become into a positive mindset and as Zig Ziglar said if you can think it you can make it happen absolutely and isn't that now what we're finding out about our this is what I see the spiritual journey I learned something Barb I now when people say I tell them I know what the meaning of life is it's very simple it's me yes you well you know that's that's the important thing I think that, that people have to realize that we're here in a, in a physical reality so a spirit can in, experience stuff and, and we're here for that spirit inside of ourselves. And, and that's the meaning of life. It's, get, it's getting in, in a, and absorbing whatever that spirit needs to be able to move into the next arena for it. And, and you know, it amazes me that so many people don't get it. 
And, you know, you, you can be on a spiritual There were people in concentration camps that were on spiritual journeys. There, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it isn't a matter of having to be in a certain physical setting. It's a matter of putting yourself in a certain frame of awareness yeah. that, that establishes whether or not you're on that spiritual journey. I know that, that lots of times if I'm uh, working with writing and, and you know, w- the level I, I, I'm seeking just isn't coming through, I know that, that there's something within my environment that isn't just, that, that has me off and that I have to shake it off, take a shower or something and come back and, and open myself up again to, to a flow of energy that, that, that energy really will, will inspire us, will direct us, will help us to heal, will help us to move in whatever direction we need to move in. But so many people are looking to other people to tell them what to do instead of listening to themselves. Yeah. And I, boy, Jeff and I were talking about this just uh, yesterday that uh, that's the problem. People look for that crutch because it's easier that way. You know, and I think that that's what, why we get so wrapped around into our denomination. You know, in, in my case, coming out of the Christian faith, well, you know, you were a Baptist, you could be a Pentecostal, you could be a Methodist, you could be a Catholic. I mean, and, and you begin to get into all these schisms, but the point is, is that that's my badge. You see, that shows that I have made my dedication, and that's where I'm going to stay centered at. And that's exactly where it happens. You stay right there in that center. You never go any further. That's the that's that's what gets me when people say, I, I people tell me I have arrived, and you know <laughs> I look at them and say, well, I I don't know where you were going, but if you think this is the end of your trip, you're wrong. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like when someone says, well, that can't happen. That's impossible. And I'm going, so what you're saying is that you now know all knowledge that mankind has learned everything and there's nothing new to discover. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're just twisting my words. I said, I'm not twisting anything. It's what you said. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if, you know, if that's the case, why are you still here? Yeah. And what I'm realizing, so earlier when we were talking about the destiny of one's soul as you're going through and preparing, what I am becoming more and more aware of, Barb, is that the earth, as great of a place that it is, there are many other worlds out there, and there are many other consciousnesses out there. And I've got this strange, you know, it's like that tickle, you know, that you sometimes can't quite reach. Uh-huh. And, and it's like I'm beginning to realize. So uh, this kind of gets off a little on a divergent here, but that's okay. So on my channel, I'm showing people that we are experiencing right now, you and I, everyone on earth, We are, I believe, and hear me out on this, we are being bombarded 
with waves. And what I mean by waves, right now, the Milky Way is hitting the galactic core of the Sagittarius Dwarf Galaxy. Now, this has been unfolding for millions of years as it slammed into our galaxy. Actually, the Milky Way actually is very cannibalistic. It actually uh, eats and absorbs uh, these dwarf uh, galaxies. So right now, Barb, if, if you just take the laws of probability that this galaxy that is now being consumed as it runs into the Milky Way, its core is hitting not too far from us. Mm -hmm. These are billions of stars that have potentially trillions of planets. Now, if you just take the simplest of probability of statistics, you could say even if there was a 0.001% that there was sentient life, within that one trillion planets, you're dealing with billions of habitable worlds that right now as we speak are absolutely facing oblivion as their system slams into our galaxy. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been meditating on this and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, we all seen the original Star Wars, right? Yep. Where the Death Star hits the planet. And then everyone in that part of the galaxy felt that. They felt that sudden destruction of loss of life. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's start framing this, Wayne, into your journey. What, what does this mean? What does this mean to you? What does it mean to the rest of the people on this planet? Well, number one, we know that our galactic plane is tilted six degrees, Something is amazing unfolding. And if you look into the nighttime sky, where 50 years ago you would not have seen it, today we can see Sagittarius, the galaxy. Mm -hmm. It's now showing up. So this tells me, Barb, as a soul, on my spiritual journey, that my awareness is now more than just here in planet Earth. There are brothers and sisters out there that who knows what they're facing. Well, um, let me add on to that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not saying, well, that's the most craziest thing I ever heard, Steiger. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, because what's happening is that it, they aren't being obliterated. They're being released from whatever physicality they have, and their spirits are back into the etheric plane and, and being shot out all over the place. Yeah. So, so they're not destroyed. There's a, there are consciousnesses out there that are, are seeking to impart their wisdom, their knowledge, and their understanding to, to receptivity in other spiritual energies that are are many in spiritual form so what what what's happening to those who are aware or or open to it is that that there are i call them downloads of wisdom knowledge and and insight from other entities that that are just filtering that information into us and i'll explain and and, and i'll give you even more so um 
people are experiencing senses of vertigo, senses of yeah. um, senses of uh, dis-ease. They're not sick, but they're 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 having um, hot flashes and cold flashes. They're they're feeling almost as though they're coming down with something, but they're not, and they're feeling out of balance. And and in some cases, maybe even their vision is blurring, and then it comes back, and then it blurs, and and lots of people are going to the doctors and the doctors are saying, you're fine. I don't know what you're talking about. What they're doing is they're getting so much of an input of energy from, from spirits out there that are downloading to us that we haven't incorporated it and balanced it within our own selves yet. And so our body is fighting, not, not to, not to, not to let it in, but is fighting to incorporate it and bring balance back into us. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You see, that, okay, so I did a video on this, and while I was doing this, I got this impression that we're understanding, or just now beginning to understand waves, gravitational waves. We're understanding waves of energy, waves of light, etc. And what I think is happening is that we're witnessing an event that on a galactic scale, let's, let's talk about a universal scale. Okay. That is, this is, this, this is life. I, I, when I was putting this presentation together, I kept on getting the mental impression that galaxies are actually living beings. Mm-hmm. They actually are. We just don't, we don't, see them as living beings, but they're every much a part of living organisms as you and I are. Absolutely. So this tells me that there is a greater consciousness that would be associated with a galaxy, and there's billions of them out there. Yeah. Well, go ahead. and, 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 you know, when you think about so many people on the Earth plane right now, they seem to think we're the only ones here. Yeah. And, and you know, it's so far from the truth. It's just unbelievable. But, but with these downloads, everybody's getting them. Everybody's getting And, um, you know, at, at one point I said to somebody, you know, my goodness, it's like hot flashes, but it's not hot flashes. Um, and some guy said, I know what you mean. And so, so what's happening is we're getting consciousnesses that have been in in other realities and therefore our perspective is shifting and changing and so many people are going through these shifts and changes it is destabilizing us for a period of time uh well listen that wouldn't that would make sense because that flows into my hypothesis is that we're witnessing right now as the best i can see from what we can see in our observation we're right now hitting the peak of this system, this galaxy hitting ours. And we're seeing weird effects about it. And I I agree with you. I think that it's going to continue to get more intense. I'm convinced of it. Well, when you stop to think that, okay, you have a spiritual awareness, I have a spiritual awareness, I can understand and and, and sort of flow with whatever is happening. People who, who really don't have that kind of perception or understanding or aren't on that pathway yet. Um, that's why, that's why I, I truly believe we're seeing, we're seeing riots. We're seeing, um, m- you know, masses of people kind of running in circles, like, 
you know, confused and not not sure what to do with themselves. We're seeing so much um, disharmony in 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 groups of people because they don't understand that that what's happening is they're expanding their consciousnesses and because they haven't incorporated it all yet it's confusing and and they feel threatened and therefore they lash out yeah and i'll just add to that is that we can now measure with our instruments out there that we have now put out into space we can now measure that the our quadrant, our part of the Milky Way galaxy is getting hotter. It's getting brighter. We're seeing that on the instruments. We're seeing it even in the background as we look towards the, uh, the galactic core. Now, all right, so if we're seeing evidences of this, both in the full visual light spectrum, we can see it in the chemical spectrum as well, that's energy. And yeah. if, if, it's, if it's around us, we are energy fields ourselves. And I think that I agree with you. That is what we're experiencing. And it's got people almost like you got ants crawling on you. You can't quite get rid of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and for people who are going through stuff like this, I highly recommend that if, it, you know, if you have any question at all, for heaven's sakes, um, see a doctor. Uh, you know, the flu could be going around too, but, but for the most part, these kind of sensations and, and I, you're right, the ants, you know, crawling and stuff like that. Yes. It's an antsy feeling. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm growing, I'm going to explode out of my skin Yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and in a way it's true because you've got all of this wonderful information coming through you, and so many people don't have a way of of channeling that that information, that wisdom, that insight, that everything in into some um, some form of expression within their lives. Uh, creativity really important at this time, and I don't care what you do, just be creative and have fun with it because that that enables you to um, to invite the spiritual energy to manifest within your reality, and that means you become a channel, and that means this is the time when genius is born because because. If you if you open that channel, it means that that you have an the capability to to bring forth wisdom inside of yourself that you never knew was there. I want to make sure that I I remind everybody that Wayne has an amazing YouTube channel. He has material on it that that will inform you, surprise you, shock you, and and um kind of shake your foundations <laughs> <laughs> so please do check it out i also have um a youtube channel that's new but it's it's growing slowly and and please check them out and if you feel that the material uh, appeals to you and resonates to you subscribe to one or both because there's always room for you know more opinions out there for sure so let's get back here because we were getting really warmed up there before that happened. Um, the break, I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I think that, that what's going on, at least I feel what's going on on a spiritual level, um, I find that my intuition is sharper. I find that I am paying more and more attention to the subtleties that my body 
and my reality give to me. Are you feeling the same? Absolutely. Um, and there are times, Barb, for myself, is like it's almost as though I'm taking the perspective from the molecule point of view. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this and I'm understanding now that each decision has an impact. And that is something that I know for myself. For so many years, I was so blinded. Um, you know, you could have come up and hit me with a two by four, and I probably would have still said, What? <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I, call, I call those my two by four moments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to those of us who are of the baby boomers, when Welcome Back Carter was on in uh, Vinnie okay. Barbarino, you know, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's true though. I mean, there are. I can I can look back uh, ten years ago, and I can see places where I there were subtle hints that I should be changing something or going in a different direction. And I was, I was so determined. I knew exactly what I should be doing and how I should be going and how I should be getting there. That I was paying no attention to all these subtleties until, of course, you know, I had a car accident or something happened that that caused me to stop and think a second. And, uh, you know, I will admit that my two by four moments are not as frequent now as they used to be. (laughs) But but that's the advantage of getting older, too. (laughs) They still do happen. And, and it's, but, but now when one of them happens, it's okay. What am I not paying attention to? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, Oh God, why does everything happen to me? It's, it's okay. Where did I miss the boat? You know, and, and not, not that I missed it, but where, where was I not paying attention that I should have been paying attention? And, and it does make you far more, um, um, alert and aware of what's going on around you, whether it whether, whether it is you know your body feeling a certain way if things are are not right, or or if you're getting little subtle hints, music on the radio, or or you know just it, there's so many different ways the universe can give us hints, and being aware of those makes it much easier for spirit to to sort of help to guide us. And, and it's the spirit inside of us. It is not an angel. It is not a, a spirit guide. It is not God. It is our spirit trying to get us back on the pathway. And... It's it's a gentle process if you if you flow with it you know going with the flow very important, but but if you decide to bucket and drive for yourself you're gonna have you're gonna have chaos, and then 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 everything will get going again and you'll feel good. Yeah, I I, I often think that today, and I guess it's that as you do begin to get older and you begin to rack up the decades, <laughs> that uh, you you begin to observe and again i have been focusing in and tr- understanding more and more of what the mind is and the complexity of soul of spirit and i just finished this great book and it really brought the perspective of what mind is and as I'm reading this book as The Destiny of the Soul, and I'm beginning to see that 
the our spirit beings are i you know barb i think we're going to find just how unique they are but the fact that our mind is ever present with our spirit mm-hmm. as i tell people now as i see the brain the human brain there is no logical reason for you and i to be speaking because number one the fact that what i'm really doing is exerting uh pressure waves that you and i have receptors to hear it as voice um i know as well that my body which is in its purest term is matter yep and this matter cannot move unless my mind engages it. Now, this is what's really, I've been, sometime you'll have to come visit my mind. <laughs> my <laughs> wife says it's a very scary place. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, how I'm beginning to see this is that mind is the expression of both soul and body. And it is a marvelous thing, Barb, that is taking place when the mind is engaged because the spirit is what activates the mind that gives us this reflection of self-image. Did oh, that make yeah. sense? It, it does. I mean, when you, yeah. first of all, the spirit is etheric. It has yes. no way of, of, of having a physical anything. No. And and so it, it requires thought to produce action. Yes. You, now you, let's just focus in on that for a second. I don't think a lot of people see it. So when you think of mind, what is the purest state of mind? Well, that would be in the purest form of energy. The purest form of energy is absolute motionless. Mm-hmm. And it is only when energy is at this perfect state, and this is how I see the infinite being um, who's ever driving this whole thing. And it's our individual mind. That's where our spirit resides. It resides, I see, in this perfect place of utter peace. That's no movement. And it's the mind that then vibrates off of this perfect point of pure energy, what I, de- I defined as pure thought. Okay, I, I, when, I, when I try to express what I feel that, that the creator is, it is pure thought. It's pure thought, absolutely. And, and so we are this is cool. So each of us has inside of us a part of the pure thought of creation. Yes. yes. And so we are the manifestation in the physical of the creation that created us. Absolutely. And so we create. Now, I think we've, we somehow or another, as they say, that the amnesia... <laughs> Uh, switches turned on, but I believe that that is what we're here to do. And, and when you look at this, the universe, 
the mm-hmm. enormity of it. I mean, people can't, I can't fathom. I mean, one light year is six trillion miles. All right. So you're telling me that the universe is what? Approximately 15 billion light years old. I, yeah. Like I'm really going to comprehend that. It's just, it's big. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because Patrick used to talk about, you know, how <clears throat> science said there were so many planets and the universe was so big. And then, they, I don't believe there is a figure to calculate infinity. No, no. And that's the problem with, with man. It's the problem with us when we look at our spirits. We always define our spirits, Barb, by a beginning and an end. Right, you or know. an old soul or a new soul. Yeah. They're, we're all the same age. What? what, what the, someone standing out in the factory? What are you waiting for? Well, Barb's about to do out. Well, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'm glad we're getting a new soul in here today. You know, it's like. And, and in, my, in my opinion, my philosophy at this moment in time is that all souls were created at the same time. And they're scattered all over the galaxies, all over creation. And they're, they're all on the same journey to, in, in my opinion, on the same journey to as, absorb enough information, enough wisdom, enough whatever, so that at some point in time, they become pure thought and they send out seeds from themselves. And that very well may... So if we take and expand upon your thought right there, Mm-hmm. Now let, let's let's go let's go small. Let's go quantum. Now we now know that we can we have the machines, these are quantum computers mm-hmm. that they get down to approximately 2 degrees above absolute zero, which is like a minus 457 degrees. Now the amazing thing happens, Barb, is what they call I call them the god chips. These chips, which are made out of solid gold, and they're quite unique, they have their own environmental chamber. When they get down that cold, they create a bubble. And this bubble is a quantum bubble. And guess what? It's a reality. It has thought. It does. Yes. Yes. You know what, folks, if, 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 if your listeners could begin to comprehend what this does, because it, 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 it has an impact to us spiritually as well. It has consciousness. Yes. Yes. And it's amazing when you begin to realize that now we're taking elements out of other universes, other dimensions, and bringing them in. My whole point to this is, is that how could I have but just one life on this plane of existence, in this reality, in this body we call Earth, when there is beyond my imagination or man's capacity to imagine so yeah. much? But, but you've probably had billions of lifetimes. I'm beginning to think that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to be aware of all of them would drive you insane. No. So, so and, and a, that's, you know, that's a why. true story, Barb. Uh, okay. There was a, there was a, uh, one of my subscribers was watching a video that I was doing. And he says, while I was watching you, he said, I was in a meditative state. And he says, I looked up and he said, 
he says, and he said, Wayne, I swear to you, he said, you were an as to an Inca warrior. And I said, okay. And I'm listening because yeah. listen, how, am, who am I to say that he didn't have the, the, the point of seeing into past realities, past times. Sure. Yeah. Well, we all can. It's I just, said, you know, I, I think it's trusting and believing in the power you have within you. Now, yeah. now, now there are some people that that have the perception that they have greater power than they do. <laughs> and that's when yeah. <laughs> that's when what I call the glamour sets in. But but you know something, it's 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 their trip for this lifetime and at some point they'll dim it down and they'll they'll come back to reality. But but it's it, it's it's amazing how people are sometimes in awe when someone is able to do something um, with energy that they're not able to. And, and they're, they're impressed by that person. And the reality is it's something they can do. They just have to work at it. And that's, that's the other thing. Being, being on a spiritual pathway, being a spiritual entity, being, you know, seeking to create the portals to the consciousness and everything. It's work. Yeah. It's yeah. not easy. It's work. And 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 it's a matter of are you going to are you going to work with that aspect of yourself or are you going to lock yourself into the physical reality and and you know the the money and stuff like that and and the toys and thing and I like toys, don't get me wrong, but um but it it's kind of like there is such a greater richness when the, the spiritual stuff happens. There there are those mountaintop experiences when bliss is there. There are those moments when you're at total oneness and it is just the coolest thing in the world. Well, I had a strange experience just yesterday. I was uh, working and I suddenly, and this is very weird, I, it, I, I was somewhere else. I knew I was here, but I knew I was somewhere else. Now, this is what's going to sound very weird. I was in another dimension. I was in another house. I was sitting in another house. I could see it. I was sitting in a dining room. It was my house, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't this life. Now, I've got a theory that I'm seeing because as you begin to hear from enough subscribers that become the email you, they begin to tell you their stories, you can begin to get some good sampling of what's going on. I'm telling you, I, I think that there is such a shift taking place that I think many people are experiencing moments of fluid thought of consciousness that they're in two places but not at the same place at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's also um, because everything is shifting around so much, I do believe that timelines are overlapping. Yes, yes. And that, I agree. May, that may well be what you experienced. It was very tangible. And the thing about it was I was conscious on the other side. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other me was aware of what – and and – yeah, it was just very, very strange. and That's why I think it was two different timelines because, you know, there was another, even another you there. So, so that 
you know, you were seeing something in another timeline or another, another, uh, it, it was obviously another dimension, but I think it was an overlapping of two dimensions and two timelines. I and, am convinced of that. I, I would agree with you. Absolutely. And, and I that, think it's happening to more people, Barb. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that this is, this is absolutely heyday for psychics and, and shrinks, you know, cause yeah. <laughs> People are going to either one or both. Yeah, I never thought about it, boy. Now, if you could get a franchise that have both of them, they get you cured and we're going to send you right on over here. Uh, But, you know, so I was talking with Jeff Doherty uh, yesterday in our show, and I told him, I think what would be an excellent business opportunity is that every city, every community should have a enlightenment center. And, and, and let me get to the point of this, that we would deal with preparing the individual for the journey home. And this could happen at a person that would be in uh, teenage years. It could be someone in their 30s. could be someone in their 90s. But it would be a place where we could come and talk about such things as you and I are talking about. You have seen, you've talked to others on the other side. Mm -hmm. This is what I think that if we could do this as a culture, as a society, I think, Barb, that it would begin to move the proverbial chess piece of the consciousness of humanity, the collective consciousness, a little bit further down the board. It, it, it well could do that, but there's such resentment as far as organized religion goes to this. Oh, whole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would probably come after us with pitchforks and uh, et cetera. But I think, though, that it's a very valid idea, though, Barb, I really do. Oh, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just getting used to the idea that they're not going to burn me at the stake. Um, <laughs> at least not tonight. <laughs> well, it, you know, I don't even describe myself as a psychic anymore because um, I, that's not what I do. And, yeah. <clears throat> and the mediumship is a part of what I do, but it's not what I am and it's not who I am. But, but you know, I have that capability. And, yeah. um it's it's uh, frankly I prefer past lives, but but when somebody is truly um, in a state of of <clears throat> just 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 destroyed because they've lost a loved one, um, it, I can help. I, I, yes. can, I can help them. But and that's the point of mediumship. It's not a game, and it's not a parlor trick. And so many people think it it is a game, and you know there are those that you know want to test you, and there are those that, and and so, so it's a part of who I am and what I've developed. But but you know it 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 comes to the point where, um, all right, th- there's another skill, there's another tool in my in my tool belt. But where do we go from here? There's more. There has to be. There's always more. Yes. And 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 so. But mediumship is something that everybody experiences. It's like out-of-body. Everybody has had an out-of-body experience. Every person on the planet. 
And I think that that is where people lose this cognitive disassociation. They know instinctively. You know, I think all the years that I practiced my my faith and my religion, and all the time, all the time, I knew that, and it was so far down, <laughs> it was like, you know, you hear the echo. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, oh, hey, Steiger. But, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you finally go, okay, yeah, well, what's up? <laughs> and for myself, so in my walk, uh, in, there were about a half dozen times where I had night visions, very mm-hmm. descriptive dreams. I mean, these dreams were, they were, they were tangible. And I'm beginning to think about this here lately. How many others are, are sensitives that, that they ha- we all have the ability. I think oh, yeah. telepathy and telekinesis is we should have already mastered that as a species. Well, you know, I think if, if from childhood we were open with, you know, because children... Um, I mean, the reason babies cry is because there's a fully aware master spirit in there that is frustrated as heck because it can't work the muscles and it can't work, you know, it it can't communicate. And by the time it's able to communicate, so much has been poured into that, that consciousness that that it gets lost for a time. And then, then I guess around 40, it starts to come back. But I want to get back to the out-of-body experiences because so many people don't realize that they have had one. Have you ever been in bed and felt like you were falling and jerk yourself awake? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I used- <laughs> Go ahead. That, yes. That, that is your body, your, your, uh, your, your, your astral body, being pulled back, jerking back into the physical. I used to suffer from night paralysis. Terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, Boy, I I can tell you, Barb, there was a period of time where, you know, I I was awake, but I couldn't move my body. But it was at Uh the same time, I was also kind of like you were describing in that in-between point. Very, it was very frightening until I've learned how to control it with my mind. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things that everybody has experienced, and yet they don't realize what it is. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's a, it's a ability that you can utilize, that you can flow with. Um, I, I lead, I, I lead the, um, the, the. Um, the, the meditations, the yeah. remote viewing meditations. I take people out of body and we go someplace and we see things and then we come back. Um, it's a very natural process. The astral body flows easily and it, and it often travels. You, it's just that you don't, you aren't aware of it. And, and once you become aware with the fact that that aspect of you can journey, um, you know, there, there is a certain amount of control and, and, integrity and responsibility to it you can't play with it and you know it's it's sort of like that old adage if you don't use it you lose it well that's true but if you overuse it or use it wrong you lose it as well yeah yeah it's very interesting as you were talking i was going in the regression in my mind so 
you know, I used to have dreams where I was flying, but there were always power lines above me, you know, and it was like I could never get above that. Well, as I interpret it now is the awakening process came for myself, that moment, that epiphany moment of awareness. Uh, I don't have those dreams anymore. So it's very odd when you said that. How often do you think that most of us, is it every night or do you think that this is a point that our spirits are sometimes drawn into this place where, where we have been already? Um, you know, it, it, my philosophy, of course, changes day by day. But, but today, sure. it, it, you know, when you said power lines, I'm wondering if you were, I mean, I, I'm sure you were seeing power lines, but there are earth grids, too that that we do flow with um, when we astral travel. How odd. Now, now you're going to have me go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm one of these people that I will actually write down my experiences. And there's a difference between a dream and that euthoral point where you, you're dreaming. You know you're dreaming. Yeah. Then there's another other point where you know something else is going on. Oh yeah, and yeah. but but I'm I'm you know I when you said power lines, all I could think of was he's talking earth grids, he's talking ley lines, and mm. he was seeing them above him instead of below him, but but it, it, at least that's that's what that's what came immediately when you said that because um, I do feel that that you know there are earth grids and then there are ley yeah. lines as well, and and. They're power lines. They're they're energetic lines, and and I do feel that that as we, as we travel, we draw from that energy, and and we utilize that energy, and we we move with that flow of energy. It takes us to where we need to be, wherever that is, yeah. and and as far as the um, night terrors and 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 the the um, paralysis. I, my feeling is that you experienced that because part of you was traveling and you were fearful that you wouldn't be able to get back. <laughs> now, now you've, you know, I've never talked about this, but um, so my first out-of-body experience, um, and I, when I tell people this, they kind of go, oh, I feel so bad for you. I said, don't feel bad for me. <laughs> um I was, uh, let's see, 17, and I was actually had taken um, some LSD and literally had an out-of-body experience, literally. Um, they actually had paramedics there trying to resuscitate me. But in that trip that I took out of my body, I actually met, um, the only thing I can say is that you can't define them by a physical shape, but they were big, and there was a group of them, and they were spirits. They, you know, I actually had the opportunity to go with them and leave this body behind or come back into it. So it's very odd that when you mentioned that, um, I had actually was recovering from meningitis and spinal uh, Lyme disease, and I had been in a coma for seven days, and so... As you're talking, it all makes sense. Yeah. I probably was afraid. Oh, it's sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and so there was a level of consciousness that was, uh-oh. 
and yeah. another girl <laughs> that was saying we. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that the journey of life? It's both thrilling at the same time. It's a uh, kind of uh, you know you're going. Well, this is very unusual. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I I know that every now and then um, I sit back and say, oh, I must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, it's, 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 I, I told you about my going on strike, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's, it's for those who don't know the story, when I was painting the, the cosmic deck, I, 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 I had gotten deeply into it and I was worried that it was my ego that was pushing me and not really spirit. And so I was out walking my dog at two, three in the morning and I was talking to whomever was out there and say, you know, give me a sign, give me a sign because I need to know that this is not an ego trip. Cause if it's an ego trip, I'm quitting and I'm just putting my paints away and, and, you know, we'll, we'll move on. And, um, you know, I asked for a burning bush or a clap of thunder. I, I wanted something profound. But all I got was a seagull flying over me and defecating on my head. Um, but but because, because they don't fly at night, I felt yeah. that this was a sign. So I went back and finished the deck of cards. But I don't recommend people to going on strike when they're outside because things like that can happen. There's a certain cosmic uh, sense of humor to that, though, really. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's another thing people have to realize, that, that spirit has a sense of humor. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that there is there's a cosmic dance of creation. There's cosmic joy. There's bliss. There's laughter and light. It's enlightenment. It means lighten up. Um, so So when people... Become uh, there was one woman I remember that 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 came to me and she said, "Look, I'm I'm trying so hard to make contact with my higher consciousness, and nothing is happening. I I don't know what." And I said, "What are you doing?" And she said, "Well, I'm waiting till it's quiet in the house, and I'm lighting candles, and I'm chanting, and I'm praying, and I'm taking a sea salt bath, and I'm praying some more, and I'm I, I have incense, and and." I chant some more and I pray some more. And I said, well, I can tell you what your problem is. And she said, what? I said, they're bored to death. They've gone out for a beer. (laughs) Oh, that is so true. You know what I do? And this is so silly. And it's not silly, but it, 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 it gets the spirits dancing with me. I go in and I go out and I put on Brewer and Shipley, Richie Tai Tai. And... That music will invoke the spirits. They start dancing, and you start dancing. And I love that song. You know, it says that spirits are flying around my head. Makes me glad that I'm not dead. The spirits are living as through as I go. And it's 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 so true, though, Barb. I mean, um, it's a very crowded place. This universe. Yeah, I mean, I'll go out in my garden and sit down, and I'll say, "Okay, guys, here's here's the thing." And I talk to them as I, I do not ritualize it. So many people mm. ritualize communicating with higher consciousness or the spirit within or whatever. It's not a ritual. It's a part of you. And, and you know, you people frequently will say, well, that was a stupid thing to do, Barbara. Or, you know, you talk to yourself a lot. 
But the reality is it's the same thing. It's, it's <laughs> like, where are we going? You know, what are, you know, how many people have said, what was I thinking? <laughs> and the problem is you were thinking most probably and not feeling. Yeah, and you said that, you know, when we talk to ourselves, everyone talks to themselves. What I have finally began to acknowledge is that there's more than one of me. Mm-hmm. There really is. And, and, and people say, well, how can that be? Well, there was a, a, a child once. There was a young man once. There was a middle-aged man once. Uh, there yet will be an older man, and then I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. And... It, and, and here's the thing that I have begun to understand. I'm not afraid of death anymore. And I think that that's part of that spiritual awareness is that when you can come to the place and, and, and you peel back the onion of all the religious ideologies, and you know, a lot of us, I know I had to do it, Barb. You know? It, oh, you, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you peel it back, you begin to see that it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, now I'm really beginning to enjoy the journey, both good and bad. You know, I'm seeing now that when the negative experiences come, I now have that voice that says, all right, Steiger, what are you going to do? Are you going to be the old way? How you used to revert, you know, flying off the hip, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to look at this now and understand this is a situation that either you can process it in a way that's going to be what's the lesson, or you're going to go the old way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of digging the new way. And the thing is, when you learn to flow with it, it, it isn't bad for very long. No. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, okay, it, it's sort of like well, we didn't get his goat, so we might as well just move on to the next thing, you know? And, and it's it's kind of like, okay, so there was a process, so you passed it. And every now and then, I flunk a test, and it, it's it's kind of like you, you, you have to turn around and repeat it. And one of the things that I've told people, you know, there are so many people out here that feel that they're here to serve humanity, and so they're going to save you. And and that's that's a very sweet thought, but but when you try to manipulate another person's journey, you, first you take on the responsibility of their life, which is more than any of us can handle. Ooh, and yeah. secondly, secondly, if you prevent them from sprinting their ankle, that lesson's going to come back and maybe they're going to now have to break their leg for the message <laughs> to get across. Isn't that the way it is, though? Um, if we would just learn to listen. And uh, I like what Philo said in uh, The Creation of the Cosmos. You know, he said that, that, that there are so many life forms, so many spirits that surround us that uh, you virtually can't go any place where there isn't some type of life presence there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now... Sometimes people want to define these as angels, as demons, and what have you. But I, I think really what it is is that the, the universe is beyond our comprehension again in the abundance and the type of life. Oh, and life is – life. you know, the element of life, everybody says, well, there's life there, and they're referring to humanoids. But, but the reality is life – 
means living organisms. It doesn't mean a human being. No. And, and, and how do you define spirit? Are you saying that spirit has, you know, a, a, a cellular structure? No. It, it's of the ether. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we are. I mean, Barb, as you were, when we just said that, what I saw was that it's like we're individual spears of the ether. Uh-huh. And what creative power each of us really have. I mean, I, I, I still say we haven't even begun to touch the surface of understanding. Well, if you stop and think about it, we are, I mean, we're masters, we're master spirits. So if, if as we float around in the ether, we, we decide that, that we need an experience, we literally create a world on which or a planet or a situation whereby we can experience what it is we feel we need. So we can create a world and then take form on it to, to learn that lesson. You know, in the Emerald Tablets, Throth and his journeys, yeah. um, as, you know, as, as you well know, um, described so many different species, so many different levels of uh, ascension and awareness and development. Um, I'm always drawn to the one where he saw the ether. Uh, where they were, humans were creating from the ether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that—that's what amazes me because, you know, we we cannot we can not only create the environment, but then we can create the avatar to materialize upon that environment to experience the lesson we're supposed to create. So, in a way, this whole planet may be something we create. You know, somebody created so that we can experience things on or we could have created this planet so we could you know it could be my planet and you know everybody's sharing my space um yeah and then well i i like what uh robert lanza's book biocentrism as he said time requires an observer yes because without an observer time doesn't exist and you think about that and you start taking that into higher into the spiritual realm it, yeah. It, it, is time progressive or is time how they describe is always the now yeah I kind of think it's always the now yeah I, I would think so too and, and how would you define that in that environment you know as I I've was thinking the other night. So how do we define that in the the spirit realm? When you get into the ether, we don't have a mechanical clock that's ticking off a second so we can say, all right, yeah, I know what time it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like, well, it's been 150 years Earth time. Um, You know, maybe I should manifest again and, and take another run at evolving you know this particular aspect or whatever and well, speaking and, and, of that do you yes. when you when you contact with the people on the other side how is time measured to them actually um it isn't see that's what i thought yeah they, they don't they don't understand why people are are upset or worried or anything <laughs> because they just they just got there and and usually um 
according to um, the the spiritualist church, we incarnate we incarnate in huge um, huge soul families. Okay. So that so that usually it's it's a hundred years from the time about a hundred years, give or take a thousand. Um, you know that 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 we you know we we pass over and we're on the other side for maybe a hundred or two hundred or three hundred years while more of the soul family makes the rounds. You know, it doesn't it doesn't all happen at once, but it, it's a kind of evolving thing. And and you know, we, we have different forms, we have different relationships, but but usually we're within a soul family. It doesn't mean we can't visit other soul families, but mm-hmm. because of course we can. But the 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 kind of rule of thumb is you're on the other side for about a hundred years, but you don't have to come back and reincarnate. There's nothing that says you have to. The only thing is that the only place that you can learn the lessons, some lessons is that you have to take physical form. And, and, and so in order to be in physical form, the earth plane is here. And so, you know, so many people say, well, I'm done evolving, I'm all finished, and it's like, you know, sure you are. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, I, I have learned to say, you're absolutely right, you're not coming back, your personality is never coming back. Yes. By but the just, way, yes? I shared your story of the two, the two sisters with their dad and the safety deposit key. Ah. Um, I had people <laughs> laughing, I mean... You know, and they were laughing, I think, on two ways. Number one, it's just funny as all get out. Uh, But it shows that there's evidence that there is a tangible afterlife. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, but, you know, and the other thing, though, that is really, I think, fascinating is that, um, people ask, will ask me, you know, well, what what does she think about, you know, um, what we did with her things and things like that. They don't care about the physical things. They really don't care at all. Um, They're they're things. And if they, if they want to manifest their things over there, they can do it. Um, But, but I I think um, the, the stories that I usually get, and it's, it's usually from women. um, It's, you know, well, did she like her service? And, and, you know, and then, and then, and then you, you sit and you wait and you get the answer and it's like, it was lovely. The flowers were lovely. You shouldn't have been so cheap with the food. <laughs> well, what was it? The father was saying, you, you sold my good suit. The one I wanted to get buried in. <laughs> yeah. And they buried I mean, it. with. Well, so- that just tells me that there's a, he was, what did you say? He was just hopping mad, number one, but. Oh, he was cursing up a storm. It was funny. I mean, I could just, I'm seeing this picture. <laughs> well, you know, when, when it, it's like I say, I, the, the most fun for me is when somebody just passes over because of course there's surprise and there's, there's joy and there, there, and, and what the part that I love is, is, you know, Cats and dogs are there, and horses are there, and and all sorts of you know animals are there. Um, if if animals have bonded with a human, they 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 have a soul, and yeah. they do wait for us. And you know, I'm expecting a zoo is going to meet me when I cross over because I've had so many cats, not a lot of dogs, but I've had dogs too. And 
it's such a joy to see people's faces. I had a, a, a good friend who was dying of cancer, and she said to me, uh, will you go into the tunnel with me? And at the time, I said, sure, of course I will. Of course, I didn't think I could. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of like, of course I will. Don't worry about it. And I woke up. Um, at it was three something in the morning, and I was standing in a in a in a tunnel with her, and and I looked at her and I said, "I I guess you've passed over." And she said, "Looks like it." And <laughs> she said, "Where's the party?" And I said, "I don't know. We'll just walk away. So I'm sure." And 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 I have to tell you, it wasn't black dark. It was it was it was a very comfortable, beautiful black dark tunnel. It wasn't yeah. scary. It it didn't feel like it was going to close in on us. It was just nothingness. And I said, "Well, let's let's walk away." And so we walked away. And she said, "Maybe they didn't know I was coming." And I said, "No, I'm pretty sure that that the party is there. It's just a matter of getting there." And so she said, well, I'm glad you're here. And I said, well, yeah, I think I'm thrilled too. Um, I wasn't real thrilled. I was a little uneasy. I was wondering <laughs> how far can I go before it's too far. And yeah, I until that cord back. is cut. Yeah. And, and so we're walking a little ways and we see this little, this little light bouncing towards us. And I said, well, that looks interesting. Let's just wait and see. And the closer it got, the we realized it was a dog and it was running just, just, Set out as fast as it could. It jumped on me. It slobbered all over me, and she was crying. It was her dog, her favorite dog, and and you know she was just she was sobbing because it had been her familiar, you know, for want of a better word. And then we saw a whole bunch of of other light forms, and I said, I think that's your welcoming committee. She said, I'm all I'm all set now, and I said, Okay, great. Um, I'm so glad you're better. And she said, me too. She hugged me and she and the dog went forward and I was back in my bedroom. Hmm. And I and I sat up in bed and I'm covered in dog spit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, my comment was, you know, seems to me spiritual, spiritual spit should evaporate and I shouldn't feel like I need a shower. And I heard laughter, and I got up and I took a shower. <laughs> and then the next day, I got the call that she had passed away at three oh something, and that's exactly when you know. Wow! Amazing. It, it it it. But you know, those things happen because I allow them to happen. I'm not yeah. afraid of them happening. And 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 I think that that's 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 something for everybody to realize. It's not that I have a special gift. It's just that I am. I allow it and I embrace it. Well, and it doesn't sound like you're afraid of it either. And fear as a tangible force, as I understand, is very well spotted over on the other side. I wasn't going too far down that tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have this? How was the journey back? It oh, was I was, it, I, I was, it was back just instantaneously, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Blink of an eye. There I yeah. was. Yeah. Wow. You see, that's what I think people need to hear about is that there is hope. I mean, death is something we're all going to face. And, you know, I just determined, and this has been some time ago, that I wasn't going to allow it to torment me. 
And that's what it does for most people, particularly as you start getting older. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the church that I that I studied in um, had a male, uh, a married couple, and um, you know they were spiritualist ministers. And as they got older, they you know one went into a nursing home and the other, and the man did. And um, his wife said at one point, "Well, I guess I'm going to have to die first because Melvin's afraid to die, and if I don't go first, he won't ever go." And a month later, she died of a heart attack, and he went a week later. She was probably there telling him to come on. She was, was, um, you know, she was very British and very pushy, and he was very Iowa farmer type. And you never would have put the two of them together, and yet they were perfect together. So, um, but yeah, he didn't, he was afraid. And when you think of all of his experience and all of the counseling he had done to other people and everything, you know, it happens to all of us, you know, I mean, yeah. we all have those, those moments when, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, my father is at that place and, um, I sense it that, you know, he has this fear. He has this, this real hesitation and, uh, Yeah. Uh, I think it's what holds a lot of people back, and unfortunately, the body in itself, as you know, will begin to break down and then force that spirit out anyway. Well, the body is is a machine, yeah. and and you know the machine will keep working, and and it's a matter of you know the spirit leaving, and and sometimes the spirit just isn't ready or isn't done or hasn't finished what it needs to do. Or And lots of times, you know, I mentioned people being in comas. Lots of times the people in the coma, the, their purpose in, in some way, shape, or form may be to bring two people together in the hospital that will bump into each other. And once they bump into each other, the spirit can move, I mean, can leave. It's, it's you know, the, the, the things that, the reasons that we're here are, are so very different than we would expect, you know, when you have a mm-hmm. spiritual purpose, you think it's to, to do something profound, and sometimes it's very simple and easy. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, because, you know, we always hear of these near-death experiences. I mean, I was in a coma when I came out of, I, I, when I, I was just so sick going in, it, and people say, well, do you remember anything? I said, don't remember anything at all. But I do remember when I woke up that I knew I wasn't going to die. I, I just knew it. But, yeah, it's very interesting because as I see this, that experience, you know what it did for me? It allowed me to look back on one thing in my life that I needed to correct. And I did. So well, it's that- like you said, it's sometimes it's the very small things. Oh, yeah. and And the cool thing about it is that um, you're never, you know, you will have accomplished everything you set out to do when you cross over. I you, sure hope so, because I may, don't want... <laughs> you know, you may not have checked everything on your bucket list, yeah. but on the spiritual list, you will have completed everything. <laughs> I get this vision of my um, eighth grade band teacher, Mr. Foster. <laughs> and always he came up with that little baton, you know, and... Uh, you had to get the rhythm right. So, you know, you're always thinking. And now, because I know I, I'm, 
I'm pretty well getting prepared of what that that experience is going to be. And so I kid myself all the time going, all right, Steiger, where's that damn list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on a conscious level, you'll never know. I know. <laughs> you know, your spirit knows exactly what's going on. And it's it's really an amazing journey. And, and the, the cool thing is that you can get so much joy and so much excitement out of out of the journey if if you realize that you just have to buckle up and enjoy the ride instead of trying to drive it. Oh, good, good. That, see that those are words of wisdom right there, Barb. That that's what people need to do. And you know, the thing I've learned is that you need to start learning to laugh inside. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I th- 